You're listening to Dynamo's Dust. Now let's welcome your host, Team Dynamo Kelly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Dynamo's Dozen, the podcast that I bring you each and every single week where I talk about whatever may be on my mind from pro wrestling, sports, entertainment, music, movies, muesli, fresh socks and jocks, and everything in between, never forgetting the talk. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, This is Ian the Dynamo Kelly back. This is not an illusion. I am alive and well. I have come uh, well out of isolation. Um, And I am back here to bring you more amazing content on Dynamo's Dozen. Big thank you last week to Dara and his uh, his buddies for bringing you the NFL Draft episode. But I am back this week, and I have a very, very special guest for you, my old friend, the best in the game, Finley Martin, where we're going to speak about last week's episode of AEW Dynamite. We're going to talk about the current state of professional wrestling with what this COVID-19 has done to the wrestling business. Um, and how the wrestling business has, I guess, retaliated in the face of uh, probably the craziest time in, in all of our lifetimes. Um, I know, obviously, WrestleMania week, it doesn't feel like WrestleMania week, but we are going to try and uh, make it feel like WrestleMania week here with Dynamo's Dozen. Uh, go check out the latest episode of The Four Podmen, which is available right now on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of your favorite podcasts and platforms. That is all about the Monday Night Wars this month. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be something to get you through these long and boring days. But it's never boring here on Dynamo's Dozen, and this week especially so. It's going to be a really good week. I'm going to have another uh, podcast up for you on Friday or Saturday, hopefully Friday, um, and over the coming weeks. We're going to be bringing you a lot more bonus uh, Dynamo's Dozen content to get us all through um, these crazy times. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to um, I'm not going to delay too much. I'm going to get right into it with uh, my conversation here with with Finley Martin as we just discuss, as I say, all elite wrestling, the state of wrestling in general, and WrestleMania. And welcome back to the show, my good friend, Mr. Finley Martin. How are you doing, my friend, in these very, very strange times in the uh, in the world? Under the circumstances, I mean, this is the new normal for yeah. how long we don't know, many weeks, possibly several months. So I've got to say, I can't complain. You know, I'm doing all right under the circumstances. A lot of people out there that are in a far worse situation than me. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I had a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a scare. It was more of a scare for other people. I had a bit of a, I was told to self-isolate about two weeks ago. I had a bit of a, it, it felt like a, like a flu, general kind of flu thing. But um, doctor said there were symptoms of this COVID-19. So he recommended that I self-isolate, um, which I did. Watched a lot of wrestling and horror movies, and I had a lot of uh, soup. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to see a bowl or a cup of soup ever again. But, <laughs> but, uh, what was the best? What was the best horror movie you watched during this period? Well, I actually went back and watched some old vintage, old school horror movies because I'm a bit of a creature of nostalgia, as you're aware of by now. Um, yeah. I, w- I went back and watched one of my all time all time favorite horror movies, which was The Fog, John Carpenter, the okay. ni- the nineteen eighty movie. Um, I also wa- I watched a really cool one like that would have been kind of I guess for us would have been scary as kids. It was called 
Midnight Hour, which was about this kind of um group of uh group of teens. It was kind of like those old teen horror movies before before Scream, etc. It was really cool. Um, I, and then I watched the good old classic, the old Bella Lugosi as Dracula. Um, wow. Yeah, but uh, I still think Hammer Horror did the best rendition of the uh, the Universal Monsters. I still think Christopher Lee gets my vote as the as the best Dracula. Right, okay. That's quite an eclectic mix there of horror movies, I have to say. I, I went to a horror film. I was a huge fan of horror films. I guess I went to a horror phase maybe about 20 years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, and I was really into horror for a while. Yeah. Not really into it anymore, but used to be. So uh, my, I guess the scariest horror film to me will always be the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I, don't think, yeah. I don't think that could ever be topped. Oh, I'd agree with you. I mean, I remember even as I was probably about 15 or 16 when I watched that first. And uh, yeah, that was that was intense. That was intense for you. I, I think the first Halloween was quite scary as a kid. Yeah. Um, also, just in terms of like John Carpenter kind of had that ability, I guess, um, similar to Hitchcock, where he could create suspense in some of the older movies. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'd agree. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was really good. I'd also recommend anybody that hasn't seen, before I got hit with this uh, bird flu, <laughs> um, I went to see the new Invisible Man, which was actually surprisingly very good. So I'd recommend that uh, to yourself and to the listeners. Okay, yeah, I did see the uh, the trailers for it on TV, and yeah. uh, it's not often you see you know a big bombardment of trailers for that type of movie. It's usually like just the big budget movies that get the trailers on TV these days. Yeah, yeah. But I guess there was some money behind that, and I know the reviews for it were were really good. So yeah, I might have to check that one out. Yeah, highly recommended. But let's get on to uh, let's get on to why we're always here. A bit of wrestling, and um, obviously. With this whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic now, not epidemic, um, it has kind of, it hasn't halted wrestling um, to the point where there is none, but it's obviously, um, it's been a lot of, as we've seen in Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, there has been empty arena shows, which is quite, quite new to a lot of people, quite unique. Um, how have you found it in general so far before we get on to the specifics it's starting to seem normal now, as these things do, and we all understand that this has to happen and that they're soldiering on and providing um, their stations with content and us with, us with content, yep. you know, satisfying the conditions of their um, TV contracts. So I think... I think, you know, they've tried lots of different things. I think Raw and SmackDown could experiment with more and could do more pre-taped stuff yeah. uh, rather than showing old matches from Raw Rumble 2015 or, you know, WrestleMania 34 or whatever. I think they should be doing more, trying more stuff out, trying new things with more pre-taped stuff. But there again, it's possible that maybe they don't have the staff uh, to do that. Um, they can't get to the talent or the advice against um, yeah. creating new content. Um, so, I mean, I think Raw and SmackDown could do more, but there again, I'm, I guess I'm not totally off fair with, with all the restrictions that they're faced with right now. So it almost feels churlish, really, to criticise them for not doing things that they might not be able to do. Yeah. Um, it seems like, you know, Dynamite, um, there's a lot, it's mostly original content on Dynamite. We're going to be talking about last night's match, 25th episode of Dynamite, a little bit later in this podcast. Yeah. That's mostly new content, so they're able to do it. So if they're able to do it, really WWE should be able to do it as well. So, um, yeah, I think they could try more, do some different things. But I suppose the focus right now is, I mean, um, I think this week they're, they're actually taping WrestleMania this week, aren't they? Yeah, I was gonna. That's actually. I'm glad you brought that up because that was kind of. Um, that was kind of where I was gonna go with this. It's kind of unprecedented. It's such a strange, uh, such a strange thing. Now, um, you're kind of gonna get. It's gonna take, I guess, some of that organic feel of WrestleMania away. But, I, I again, like you say, there's no kind of um, recipe for how you deal with something like this. So. 
uh, I guess maybe they're they're taping some of it and and seeing how how it goes. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think their focus right now is just getting that in the can, getting that recorded in the event everything gets shut down and that no one in the state of Florida is allowed to go to work. Um, and we, everything's moving so quickly and these restrictions that are being imposed. True. Um, it's, I, I think that the, that's really the focus right now is just trying to get through these next few weeks, getting WrestleMania out of the way and then trying to navigate away through whatever um, the restrictions are then. So, I mean, I think if times like this, I think you've got to cut people, you've got to cut wrestling quite a bit of slack. You can't really criticise them too severely because they're up against, you know, it's got to be a very worrying time for everyone in wrestling right now. Just as, it, you know, obviously it's a very worrying time for everyone in terms of health reasons, but I'm talking about wrestling in terms of, if we just put that to, to one side, a very worrying time um, in terms of actually getting the product out there, um, which I think they need to do for to satisfy the conditions of their TV contract. Although I'm sure um, they would be waived under the circumstances. It's not like USA Networks or Fox is going to say to WWE, "That's it. You know, you breached the con- you breached our contract." You know, we're axing your TV show for our network. It's not like that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But Vince is still one, you know, his motto is, as we know, for better or for worse, the show must go on. So, you know, he doesn't sell weakness or vulnerability. You know, he's a guy who's no illnesses at all. You know, I mean, I mean the only time I think he ever had surgery was, well, this is not true, of course, was just before he went on the on trial, the steroid trial. You know, he went in with the, with the neck brace on for his yeah. neck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, the timing of that, you know, I mean, some people say, some cynics say that was, that was um, deliberate, that he had that surgery by choice just before his steroid trial, an attempt uh, to seek sympathy from the jury. I think it was purely coincidental, Ian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But not getting back to where we are now, um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's very difficult what they're up against. Uh, they've got so much product to create each week with a reduced staff, uh, and all these restrictions, we've got WrestleMania come well has been recorded this week. That's we're going to see a week on Saturday, Sunday. So it's obviously it's unprecedented times. Um, they're trying to continue to run a three wrestling brands under you know circumstances where all of us are having to stay at home. So I think they're up against what WWE is up against. I think well, obviously it's unprecedented. It's it must be very challenging for them, very challenging for them. Yeah, and I mean, I guess we're talking about the big boys here. I'd like to just kind of spare a thought um, to to you know the uh, the smaller promotions and obviously some of the some of the guys and girls that are working on the indies that aren't getting the chance to to kind of earn a living at the moment. So I think in this time, um, we've seen it on social media. I just want to kind of <clears throat> throw my two cents worth as well. Um, if there is a way that you can support some of these guys and girls, you know, go check out their, you know, their 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 shop pages and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's it's just to show support, um, because it is troubling times. I mean, even for the big guys, it's troubling times. So, you know, sure. it's, it's really hitting the uh, the smaller promotions. I know over here in in Ireland, we had a big OTT show that uh, had to get cancelled, unfortunately. Um, there was a kind of a GoFundMe to help kind of keep these. These smaller promotions, even though um, they do a lot of work into presenting a really kind of big looking show, a lot of money goes into it and it really does depend on, you know, uh, the Fight TV network kind of stuff, the the people showing up and the asses in seats. So, well, yes, it's, it's um, you know, if there is any way people can help out, you know, their favorite promotions, wherever you may be in the world. Um, go and see how you can help out your, you know, your your guys and gals that you support anyway. So, it's always good to kind of mention those those people because as as you mentioned there, WWE and AEW are finding it difficult. Uh, so let's let's uh, let's kind of spare a thought for those guys too. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I I couldn't agree more. I echo those comments. Uh, you know, they have my full support. Yeah. I mean, the WWE talent, the AEW talent. As far as I know, they're getting paid. They're going to receive their, their downsides or their contracts. Yeah. So financially, they're going to be okay 
it's the independent people, young and old, yeah. who are there, you know, working nightly deals for various companies who can't wrestle right now. So they're the ones who are really going to struggle. So, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, I back those comments uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. So we move on. I guess um, that's that's kind of WrestleMania covered. I mean, in general, is there anything on WrestleMania that you think you're you're looking forward to, even under the circumstances of it being pre-recorded? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's it's a really weird one, isn't it? Because I mean, I was really looking for. I mean, to me, the best two. The best promoted match on the show is Edge versus Randy Orton. That's what I'm looking forward to, yeah. 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 Uh, And I think with the last man standing rules, uh, and I've said, you know, on the Inside the Ropes Ropes podcast, which I'm on weekly, I really feel like they could have come up with Street Fight instead of Last Man Standing. I don't think that was a very sensitive choice uh, match title, but I just thought I'd mention that again, so they could have gone with Street street Fight and achieved the same thing. Um, I think those two guys are going to be all right because there's so much uh, latitude that you have with a match of that type. There's so many different things you can do. Um, I mean, I was really looking forward to Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, me too, and, yeah. Um, and I think it's a real shame that, you know, one, you've got to figure that this is Drew's moment. This is his time. He's going to win the belt from Brock. You've got to figure that's going to be the outcome. Sure. Um, and I think that's something that would have been very well received had this event taken place at Raymond James Stadium as scheduled in front of tens of thousand people. So I think if he, if Vince does stick to the plan and makes true champion at WrestleMania, which I think he will, um, I think it'll be it's a real shame that he won't have that atmosphere. Um, that it's not going to get that support and that so you know it's waited. We've never had a uh, WWE. Or universal champion from the UK. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is a historic moment. You know, this is a milestone um, for wrestlers from the United Kingdom, and I just think it's going to be kind of diluted by the environment in which he is going to win the title from Block, if indeed he does. But I mean, to me, if Drew doesn't win the title, that's going to be such a setback for him. But it would really make all this publicity and promotion they've done for him dating back to before Royal Rumble. And obviously, you know, he had such a commanding show at Royal Rumble and Lesnar sold it fabulously and it was so well presented and so well booked. You know, all that would be for naught. All that would be just pointless. It would just be, why have you given this guy this mega push only to then uh, fail to pull the trigger uh, the last hurdle. You can't have him fall at the last hurdle. He's got to clear that last hurdle and cross the finishing line and become champ. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to that match. And, it, and I think it will still feel special, but it's not going to feel anywhere near as momentous as it would as it would have done had the audience been there. But, I mean, it can't be helped. Yeah. Obviously, this yeah. can't be helped. Yeah. I just wanted uh, to how tr- about yourself? Which matches at WrestleMania are you looking forward to? Well, I just wanted to throw in there. Uh, we we've had a universal champion from Ireland. I just wanted to say that to you. <laughs> well, that's right. I know. I know you have. Yeah. I'm just. Uh, but Ireland is not in the UK. So I, I just I mention that for the benefit of the listeners overseas, because some people in America think that Ireland's part of the UK. Well, this is true. I I was just being cheeky there, just saying that <laughs> it's one thing that the Irish have one up on the UK, but that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I guess I, I I fully agree. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to Edge uh, and Randy Orton. I mean, as you know, I'm a big big uh, Randy Orton fan anyway, and I've really felt that over the last six months that Orton has started to kind of find his kind of a uh, find his kind of spark again a little bit. Um, he's 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 looked good. I mean, he still looks great, but um, as we've mentioned here on the podcast before, sometimes Randy Orton needs. Uh, a certain program for him to um to really get into for us to see the best of him, um, I think Edge is that 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 opponent. I'm a big fan of Edge as well. I think it's a great idea for a match for Edge's first kind of singles match back because it doesn't um doesn't rely too much on him to be you know for he doesn't necessarily to need to have his uh his catches catch can repertoire in in uh it, it, to be spotless for this match to work. You know what I mean. Um, yes. 
and I think it's a good idea. Um, I agree. Last Man Standing is not the best title, um, under the circumstances. But look, it is Vince McMahon we're talking about. So um, <laughs> he's no selling it, isn't it, Vince? Ah, he's no selling the whole damn thing. I'm sure he's going crazy. I'm sure he's going absolutely berserk oh, about all these restrictions imposed upon him. I would hate to be working uh, as his backstage talent at the moment. <laughs> is all I'd say. Um. But yeah, I mean, they are making chicken salad out of chicken shit, unfortunately, and um, I think, I think um, they're they'll, I think they'll still put on a good show. I think we'll probably, you may or may not agree with me here because it's been recorded. We'll probably see things overproduced under the circumstances, but um, yeah, again, I still think um, yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I know Drew. Um, he's a good guy. And I, I'm looking forward to see him have his moment. I think it's unfortunate that Drew doesn't get to kind of bask in the adulation of the crowd because that would have been the big moment for him. I just hope that he's still able to kind of make it mean something to him. I'm sure he will. Yeah. I'm sure he will. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's. I'm still looking forward to WrestleMania next week. I, I, and are you aware, are, are the times for uh, WrestleMania to be shown next week? Are, are you aware of them or...? I'm not. I'm not aware of the times. No, it's not something I've looked up. No, um, it's over two days, though. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, it's Saturday yeah. and Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I must have all the shot. I haven't had access to my computer for a couple of days because my other half she's working from home and she's been using my computer. Uh, she's getting a laptop from her work today, so my I should be able to get back to normal and, and things. So, kind yeah. of missed out on a little bit of the news over the last couple of days. Oh, same. My, my my other half has also been isolating now, so she's um, she's been taking over my computer with uh, Disney Plus. So uh, this is all right. Fir- <laughs> this is the this is the first time I've got a chance as well. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, that's essential, isn't it? Disney Plus. I mean, uh, the world's going to ground to a halt, isn't it? If that's not transmitted into people's homes. Oh, <laughs> genie, man. But I think, uh, I guess, I, now this is just purely a guess. I'm guessing that they'll obviously do it over two nights and have kind of two different main events. Maybe the female main event on, on the first night. Um, male main yeah, event yeah, on the they, second. They, they, have, they have announced which matches are going to be going to be broadcast on which night. They have announced that already. Okay, so there we go. That's uh, that's something. I I still think we should look forward to it. Listen, pro wrestling is all about suspending belief anyway. So this is no different in that sense. It's still WrestleMania. If we if we can all just kind of still look forward to it as they nor as people normally would, um, we can still suspend the disbelief and and still try and enjoy the show. You know, um, cause. We might just have to work a little bit harder at suspending our disbelief. That's, yeah. Well, I mean, I've found that anyway in the last year watching uh, a lot of wrestling anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't think who you're referring to there. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you know, getting back to WrestleMania, I just want to say also, I am actually looking forward to, even though I haven't really been that fond, people probably know I'm not, not really a huge fan of John Cena. I am looking forward to seeing Bray Wyatt get his win. And I'm assuming that he's going to defeat, or the Fiend is going to defeat Cena. Mm. I hope that match doesn't go on too long. I hope the Fiend scores a decisive win there. So I'm quite looking forward to that. I'm hoping Shayna and Becky can have a good match. Again, it's all going to be tricky because there's not going to be an atmosphere there. And that's so important to matches, as we all know. Um, so I think they've sort of, I think Becky's really stepped up. Lately in the promos, yeah. um, I think she's done a good job promoting the match with Shayna yeah. uh, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I mean, Roman Reigns Goldberg. I mean, you know, were you? How many? I don't know how many people out there listening to this really endorse Goldberg's comeback or his victory over the Fiend at Super Showdown. This kind of feels like old news now, even though it was only like a month ago. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing the back of Goldberg, frankly. And, um, and you know, Roman Reigns is going to be champ again. I don't know whether I'm really that excited about Roman becoming champ again. But at least we'll see the back of Goldberg um, and things will get back to, you know, whatever normal will be in the post-WrestleMania season. At least lots of these part-time veterans will disappear. Um, and, you know, some of the full-time crew will start getting a shot again at... Um, at some you know TV time and 
creative energy invested in them and hopefully there'll be some new people that will be getting a short stardom um, instead of, you know, these guys who are coming back for the for the big paydays and just pushing all the full-timers out of the way, which is, sadly, something that's been a pattern now for, what, nine, nine years, something like that, yeah. going back to, well, probably longer, really, but, I mean, I guess constantly, really, since The Rock returned in 2011, this has been part-time a season, so... Yeah, like I couldn't agree more with that actually. I was just thinking that the other day. Uh, speaking of part-timers, that's a nice little segue. Um, we've obviously seen, you know, Goldberg. We, uh, everyone watched, I'm sure, the Stone Cold and Bret Hart podcast, which I thought was actually a really good good show actually. It's very interesting to watch the two of them watching all matches and breaking it down, you know. Um, but uh, Jake Roberts seems to want to get himself a little bit of stardom recently with uh, the recent comments on Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. Did you did you hear about that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard those. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it's for a man for a man that's only recently come through a lot of stuff. Uh, he seems to be throwing quite the heavy stone. Um, in the direction of two guys that are obviously widely revered as two of the greatest ever. What what did you make of those comments? Well, this is, this is something that Jake used to say back in the 80s because, I mean, he never he never held a title in, in WWF, did he? No. He, no. he never wore a title there. And that was one of his... This was, this was one of his, um, his great qualifications that he felt that he was a guy that was somehow better than others because yeah. he didn't need a title to get over. Mm. And and he and he was right. He didn't. But I mean, Jake was never a main event player in WWF. He never was. No. He was a mid-level player, and he was very effective in that role. Yeah. Um. You know, when I first started watching WWF in 1988, uh, he was a huge part of the scene. Uh, but he was he was I think he maybe only I think he main evented Madison Square Garden maybe one time, and he obviously did have some matches with Hogan. Um, and he did have some matches further up the card, but really, mostly he was a mid-card, upper mid-card player. Um, so it, it does come across to me as a kind of a cheap shot to Brett and Sean, yeah. saying that those two needed the title, and even when they were champions, they never really drew money, when Jake himself never really drew money either. He was never a main event guy, and had he been he would have probably held the title or would have been in a lot more main events than he was. So it does kind of come across as sour grapes, really. And as you say, this is a guy who, okay, straightened himself out, what, about 2013, I think he was, yeah. wasn't it? Because yeah. it was 2014 when he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, and he you know, moved in with Dallas Page and really straightened himself out in 2013. So he has been straight now for, you know, five, six, what's that, six, seven years. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, prior to that, he had like, a, what, 15, 20 years yeah. where he was in a almost constant battle um, to constant battle with sobriety. I mean, he was he was really struggling for a long time. People know this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does kind of come across as, Unnecessary, really, and uh, as you say, yeah, you know, people in glass houses <laughs> shouldn't throw rocks, should they? And he's yeah. held this massive, great boulder in the direction of Sean and Brett, so I felt it was unnecessary, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if Hogan were to say that, Hogan could say something like that, because he obviously drew huge money, as did Austin and lots of other main eventers, but Jake really didn't. Yeah, and I mean... It, I mean, I know he's a top... Yeah, great, great, great persona, great, great guy. I mean, I could, could never say anything about Jake's work, but, like, there's main event guys and there isn't. I mean, to be honest, to say that Brett and Sean needed a title is, is, the, is the most ridiculous statement of the lot because when you look at the matches and the, the traction that Sean and Brett gained was from the matches without the title, you know what I mean? A lot of those matches that they were getting praise for was involving the Intercontinental title and also... They were holding titles, especially Brett. Let's be fair, Sean didn't really kind of have a huge run. Brett's kind of run was during a time, you know, with the steroid trial and stuff like that when business was down anyway. So, I mean, they, they gave the title to Hogan during that time and he still fell on his ass. So, 
I don't think you could have given anyone the title during that time and expected uh, numbers of the rock and wrestling era. So I think Jake is a little bit kind of out of order in that sense. But look, I guess he needs to try and stay relevant somehow. So Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, if you, he knows, he's smart enough to know that if he makes a comment like that, it's going to get picked up, it's going to get reported, and people are going to discuss it, people are going to debate it just as we have. Exactly, <laughs> so, exactly. So, I mean, um, whether he really means it or he doesn't mean it, or whether he's saying it to score points against Sean and Brett and get reaction from them, or whether he's saying it to try and up his profile, I don't really know. Um, but, I mean, you know, if you look at it, I mean, Jake... Um, had a pay-per-view main event in WCW. Came in there, I think it was July or August of 1992. Had the pay-per-view main event with Sting at Halloween Havoc 1992. Yes, yeah. The match was terrible. Yeah. Um, the show did not do well. I mean, the entire show was a complete bomb. So, I mean, and then Jake, wasn't long before Jake was fired by Bill Watts. Um, so, I mean, it's like, you know, your track record as a main eventer, um, is nowhere near as good as Brett and Sean's. Yeah. So it's like, how you know, kind of how dare you insult these two guys for not drawing money on top when you never did either when you were placed in that position? Uh, but you know, as I say, I think he's just doing it to to try and provoke debate and get his name out there. And no doubt Brett will respond to this because he does. <laughs> and this story will continue for a while. Yeah, uh, that's it. Look, I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, Brett and Jake were always pretty good friends. So I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's probably a little bit of a, Jake having a bit of a bit of a play and, and getting things for people to talk about as well. So I, I kind of agree with you there. But um, moving along, yeah. um, we'll get on to, I suppose, because we are, I know we we don't want to spend all day as much as we have much quarantining to do, um, talking about this. But let's let's get on to um, AEW's show from last night because we actually both watched it. Um, yeah. Uh, and and kind of I suppose break it down, have a little bit of a conversation about it. Um, opened up very strangely, obviously very very eerily <laughs> with uh, Tony Schiavone, uh, with Cody and Kenny Omega. They were at the commentary table with him. Um. Absolutely not much selling coming from either Cody or Kenny. A little bit more from Cody than Kenny. But, uh, yeah, what did you think? (laughs) It didn't pull me in on the opening segment, put it that way. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, it's, I mean, yeah, I listened to it. I didn't really know what they were driving at. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, I was... It didn't really make much of an impression on me either. Yeah, there was no agenda. And then that kind of segued into the Cody-Jimmy Havoc match and Kenny Omega remained on commentary. We should say that Jim Ross, Excalibur, Taz were not there. So for the first match, Cody versus Jimmy Havoc, it was Tony Schiavone and Kenny Omega on commentary. Yeah, something you never want to see or hear again. Kenny, Kenny, I mean, I'm going to, everybody knows, everybody's expecting, all my listeners are expecting a big rant about Kenny Omega from me now. Listen, guys, you all know I've been trying to like Kenny, and I'm, I'm finding that I'm liking some of his work in AEW now, you know, with his, uh, in his actual in-ring work. Um, as far as promo and character, it's just, it's just a dud for me. It's, it's, it's a zero. It's a no. Um, even more so when he's on commentary, talk about one monotonous tone and not really kind of hyping the matchup and and then just kind of explaining to us how these re- these rings are designed to uh, lighten the fall and stuff like that <laughs> it's just like it, it's just like is this guy literally for real i mean doing the opposite of what every other commentator including jim ross has done for their entire careers kenny just comes in and yeah <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, it might as well say, well, yeah, these rings, are, they're like crash mats. You know, it doesn't really hurt when these guys take a bump. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, it's like, it's just like, I remember, I mean, I know this is going way back to the 80s and always oh, the 70s when I started watching British wrestling. Yeah. And someone would take a bump up mat and Ken Walton would be there going, you know, going, <gasps> you know, he'd be there like, oh, these guys, yeah, I'm surprised they don't break their backs when they take these falls. Yeah. And Ken Walton's just like stressing how um, 
painful it is for these guys to be slammed to the match. I mean, slammed to the mat. I mean, I know back then a body slam would actually be a finish back in the 70s. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the absolute reverse of that. You know, it's like instead of, like, selling um, or stressing or emphasising, you know, how painful it is to take these falls. Yeah. He's saying that these wings are designed to absorb the impact so it's not that painful. It's like, he's been around... How, how long has Kenny Omega been around wrestling? Too it's long. a very long time. Too he, long. You know, yeah. by many experts' uh, evaluations or assessments, he was the best wrestler in the world in, like, 2017 and 2018. And, yeah. he's, and he's saying the exact opposite of what anyone who understands wrestling or understands the concept of wrestling would say it or transmit to the audience. Bizarre. Very, very bizarre. I was I was absolutely gobsmacked by that. And I was just like, this guy, every time I give him credit, just wants to... Uh, I don't know. Like, is has he got such a pea brain that he doesn't think or something? I don't know. It's uh, it's it's absolutely baffling, is all I'll say. But look... Um, I mean, it's almost like he's saying, well, what we need to do is, because it doesn't really hurt when someone takes a bump on the mat, that means that we need to do these matches that have got... Uh, 37 finishes before somebody gets somebody does somebody loses it's almost like that it's almost like he's he's um telling us that it's not painful to fall on the mat so in order for one man or woman to defeat his or her opponent they have to do you know 40 finishes or just keep hitting each other with all these big moves that's the only way you can beat someone and really when you think about it it should be the reverse of that so that everything that everyone does in wrestling is painful and could be the finish at any time to heighten the drama. I mean, that's that's my way of, of viewing it. Maybe maybe that's why he says, that's why, guys, we have hour-long matches and we have to do 100 V-triggers for anyone to feel the pain. You see, the human knee can't really hurt the human brain. That's why I have to do so many. Yeah, <laughs> Kenny Omega, Logic, 2020, guys. Um, There's this justification of his style. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's all part of his master plan, and we we just didn't realise that until this moment. Maybe Kenny should just wrestle and then self isolate always. That'd be a good idea. Don't don't speak I mean, on the mic. Just wrestle and then self isolate. That'd be yeah. That'd be. But you're right. He, he was really monotone. He yeah. didn't. I'm not saying that he he wasn't. He came across as indifferent or apathetic or anything like that. Yeah. But he didn't really put his back into it. He no. didn't really feel like he was a guy that was excited by what he was seeing and exhilarated by what he was seeing and thrilled. And I don't know, yeah, hopefully uh, Kenny will avoid the announce desk for a, for a year or two. Do you think, actually, and here's something, because like I say, I do like a lot of Kenny Omega's um, work. I mean, he's obviously quite a talented guy. There's no doubt there. But do you think there's actually some credence to what Jim Cornette says in the sense that Omega seems to have it in his head that he's just a star all over the world already and doesn't need to do anything else to uh, introduce himself to the American audience? Because quite clearly, the American audience haven't really taken to him that much, you know? So I don't know. Maybe maybe Jim does have a point, even though he might be batshit crazy. Yeah, I mean, you could have something there. I mean, he he, he is, this has been stated by many people, and I've said this before, and I'm sure you've said this before. I mean, who could ever have imagined that Hangman Adam Page would be the star of their team? Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? It's like as if Kenny feels like he's already over, he's already made it, and he doesn't really need to, to try and get himself over and his character over the audience who probably is still trying to work out who he is, what yeah. his motivations are. Yeah. I mean, and obviously he's very athletic in the ring. Yeah. And he does lots of moves that, uh, that other people don't do or other people tr emulate. Yeah. No one can deny how athletic he is. He's yeah. very graceful in the ring, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Uh, but as a character, there's not really, you know, it's not a dynamic. It's not this dynamic charisma or this pizzazz or this force or strength of character that that is really um I think gonna convert people in huge numbers um to to the Kenny Omega camp. You know, I mean 
I always think, I mean, this has obviously been quoted many times, but um, obviously Steve Austin's breakout moment was King of the Ring in WWF. King of the Ring 1996, when he did the speech, actually, in reference to Jay Roberts, a nice little uh, uh, connection there with Jake yes. earlier in the uh, recording. Yeah. He did the promo after he, defeat, he defeated Jake to win King of the Ring 1996. He's up there with Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes. And it was one of the most amazing speeches I've ever heard in, in, in wrestling history to me. Same. Because of how he just got himself over. He'd established himself with his commanding performances against Mark Merrow, in which his mouth was all cut open, hard bare, and then Jake. And then walked up to that podium and just cut this promo like you've never heard in your life. Like a man who wanted it. A guy who was hungry. A guy who was putting the entire wrestling world on notice and saying, I have arrived. They've finally you know, un un let me out of the cage. They've removed the restraints. And now I'm going to show you what I've got. And that's what Steve did that night. Um, and we, to this day, obviously, I'm talking about it now, nearly, what's this, nearly 24 years later. Yeah. Um, and doesn't feel to me like Kenny has ever had that sort of sense of urgency that he really wants to connect and get himself over and let people know that he is this guy that they should support and give people a reason to support him. It's it's very strange. He seems very sort of laid back and relaxed and almost blasé about it. I, I find it a bit odd. Yeah, I think it's just that el the elite mentality. It's the same with the books and all, you know what I mean? They made it on the indies. So, I mean, uh, you know, there's rumors and stories. Now, it is only rumor and innuendo, but there's rumors and stories that, you know, most of the veterans and all didn't really take to them because they didn't really follow advice. So, they obviously, they're doing it their way and that's it. So, um, I guess that therein lies the difference between uh, probably some of us older fans or people that have tried it out and, and, and probably why we don't necessarily take to them as much as, say, others when you see someone like a hangman actually trying to make themselves relevant or you see Cody yeah. still has passion for it. Cody still loves it. You can see it in his face. Um, and then you've other, you know, like I'm a big fan of uh, Sammy Guevara. You know what I mean? You can see guys there that are trying to, to make a name for themselves it just seems to be omega and the books that they're kind of like well look we we got us here so look i guess it's an ego driven business and the name of their show is all elite wrestling so i guess in their mind and in, i guess it is true they they have made it so um they're probably just happy to do what they're doing i guess yeah i mean all i'm ask, asking from kenny omega is just a little bit more intensity yes. and i think if he were yes. to bring that to his verbal performances whether it's on commentary on promos or angles or whatever yeah i think people more people would be um would look at him as a star i mean obviously there is a built-in audience already who probably likes him or people have decided that don't really like him and i think he can turn it around he can still do that oh yeah and i think what's frustrating is that you know why is he not doing these simple things that i think he's got the ability to do and maybe he is maybe he just kind of thinks listen i'm over I don't really need to do any more than I am doing. You know, I mean, Dusty Rhodes was, you know, Dusty Rhodes was famous for this in the, in the you know, second half of the 1980s. He's like, yeah, I'm over. Don't really need to try anymore. Uh, and, you know, a lot of stars have that sort of attitude where, you know, I'm over. I don't really need to do any more. I'm just going to do my routine and kind of phone it in and go through the motions because that's all people are really going to expect of me. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's yeah. It, it, I mean, Kenny can go in the ring. There's no doubt about that. I just think he. I just think he. I just wish he would show us a little bit more when he's speaking. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, onto the show itself. Was there anything rather than I guess going through it match for match? Was there anything that kind of? I mean, one of the things that stood out for me, I thought it was really fun, was looking at the guys in the back in Jericho, kind of screaming on, cheering on for havoc and stuff. But I. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, Jericho's promo with the uh, with the little flying gimmick. What do they call it? The... Van Vanguard One Version Two. Yeah, I thought that was. Uh, yeah, I really thought that was quite innovative and quite funny to watch. Um, yeah, that. that... He, yeah, he told Vanguard One that uh, he didn't appreciate his uh, political beliefs on social media. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he didn't like him, yeah. you know, he still respected him and wanted him to join. 
the inner circle, and at that point, Van Gaan one flew off. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, there's a lot of Jericho's sending himself up. Let's face it, lots of times. Sometimes I think he kind of does that a little bit too much. Yeah. And he almost ends up like a little bit like a pantomime villain. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's working for him. You know, I mean, he's reached his point in his career now where he's sort of almost um, the uh, antithesis of Kenny Omega. When he goes out there, you can see that he, that he still wants it and that he wants to do something new and he wants to do something different and he wants to entertain. And he feels like he's got something to prove still. Yeah. Whereas I think... Kenny probably doesn't feel like he has. And I think Jericho proved that here uh, with this, you know, Looney Tunes promo on this, uh, on the drone. And yeah. it was fun and it, it set up Matt Hardy's appearance in the crowd and they had like a interesting light, light effect where it made, made, it, made it appear that Matt was at different parts of the arena and then he suddenly turned up at ringside and got in the ring and went back and forth with Chris on the mic. What did, what did you make of that? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, at a time where, you know, these, these are kind of where, where I, I, it's kind of the, I suppose, the fine line where I always say I don't mind a bit of comedy in wrestling, just depends on what the comedy is. Um, sometimes little comedy spots can be funny in wrestling, which I've mentioned before. But these kind of when you're looking at some of the the comedic stuff that say Jericho or Mahardy would do, it can work, you know. Um, but the back and forth, yeah, it was it was it was funny. I guess it was fun. Um, you know, it's not gonna be it's not gonna go down as the best promo, um, in history. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Matt Matt Hardy because he obviously played the woken Matt character in WWF. But it was so heavily diluted. Yeah. Um, we saw so little of it on TV. He was there trying to get it over on his Twitter account, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, we didn't really see that. We saw, let's play it, we saw more of Broken Matt here than we saw of Woken Matt in, in his entire WWF run. You know, with the explanation of, you know, he's Damas I'm Damascus, I'm 3,000 years old, and, you know, explaining that, um, you know, spiritually, he's been around and his body is just this sort of vessel that's like 40-odd-year-old, but he's been around in different forms for a few thousand years and all that. So he's almost kind of trying to reestablish what he was doing in TNA Impact Wrestling back in 2016. So the character was very well established there. TNA Impact Wrestling fans knew who Matt Hardy or Broken Matt Hardy was with all the different stories and angles and uh, skits that did. Um, so I think this was the purpose of this here was to try and almost sort of reintroduce him, Broken Matt Hardy, to an audience that might not really know who he is. That was the purpose of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think might it's... not have seen it the first time round because first, by then um, TNA, TNA's viewing figures were were, you know, they weren't spiked. Their teenage view figures had declined drastically from, you know, their peak uh, like 10 years ago when they were, you know, doing 1.4 million a week. So uh, there's a lot of people out there that might be aware of who the character is, but not, or might know the name of the character, might know what the character look now, looks like, but don't really understand what the character is. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think it was an all-round, it was a decent show, considering, um, you know, considering it was in an empty arena. I thought they made the best of what they could, you know. Um, you can see they're trying, as you mentioned, they're trying things, they're trying to build to something. Um, I think I, I think off the back of this, I'd like to see maybe WWE try and introduce some new stuff, get some new, new stars over. Um yeah, so I mean, it's it's it, again strange times for wrestling, but we are. I guess it's 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 kind of hard to believe that we are in WrestleMania season, really. <laughs> it's yeah, well, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I thought the Dynamite show was. I, I thought the uh, the Kenny Omega versus uh, Sammy uh, Guevara match. I thought that just went on a bit too long. Yeah, um, a bit. <laughs> almost like what we were saying earlier, there was. There was just too many big moves and too many finishes, and I just felt the match would have been better had it been shorter. Omega won with the one-winged angel. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was a good match. A little bit long, but it was a good match. Um, 
and there were some other different things on there. It was all pretty much first run stuff. Um, probably the biggest disappointment for me was Brody Lee's match with QT Marshall. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I mean, I've never really been a fan of QT Marshall. I just find him kind of dull. I mean, he's a bit of a non-entity. Um, and this wasn't, you know, the blow-away, devastating showing that we really needed from Brody Lee. Um, there's a lot of people have been telling us, oh, he was held back in WWE. They didn't use him to the best of his abilities, which, of course, they didn't. And it was almost like, right, here he is. He's in AEW. He's on Dynamite. Let's see what you've got. And I, I, I was hoping for more from him. What, what do you think, Ian? Yeah, I was a little bit underwhelmed as well. Um, I thought with the build-up, but kind of new look, kind of, well, when I say new look, a newish look, um, yeah, I was expecting a lot more. I thought that was a bit of a a bit of a dud as well. I thought um, they could have got got him over a lot better, but I thought he could have got himself over a lot better too. Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't a big fan of that to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and prior to the match, they had him. He was, was like a video that they recorded, and he was uh, eating this steak, and had two members of the Dark Order. Well, this is pre-taped, of course. Brody Lee's yeah. wearing a suit, eating a steak. Um, and he forbid the two other members from eating while he was eating and then sent one of them away. And then the other one sneezed and then the Brody Lee character threw him out of the room. And he just felt like, uh, you know, another shot of Vince McMahon. Yeah. It kind of felt a bit needless to me, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to benefit anybody. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, okay, it was like an in-joke, but it just kind of felt a bit unnecessary. And if the if the basis of this character is it's going to be, a, you know, a parody of Vince McMahon, to me, it's only going to have a limited shelf life. You know, it needs to be original and it needs to do something that we haven't seen before. I think Brody Lee's in a tough spot anyway because this Dark Order gimmick, I've never been a fan of it. No. They need, they need some new talent. I mean, the only way this can work is if Brody Lee has a clear out of the talent in the Dark Order and recruits some people who can really go and they've got a shot getting over. As it is, I'm not quite sure if this is going to be um, the success that people are, are perhaps hoping for for this guy who's um, just basically been squandered by WWE. I think a lot of people are expecting big things from Brody Lee and I think AEW needs to set him up to succeed, not to fail. Well, I mean, the the the, the option is in the name, Brody. You could make him a Bruiser Brody type character easily. I don't know why there always has to be this kind of weird, mystique kind of uh, hokey kind of crap, let's say, with the Dark Order. I think he could, uh, he could easily do it on his own and, and just be a big badass, very much in the mold of a Bruiser Brody, you know? Um, yeah. That's, that's what I think, anyway. Um, but yeah like i mean it just seems like they're trying to do a lot of stuff kind of mid 90s wcw um the, the stuff that didn't work <laughs> not the stuff that did work yeah um yeah i don't know yeah. i don't know i mean i guess we'll watch this space but um yeah i mean overall i thought it was a decent show what about you yeah, I think overall, I mean, it, there, there was a lot on there, and it kept moving. I mean, as I say, apart from the Omega versus Sammy Guevara match, which I think dragged a little bit, yeah. I think it all moved along, had a good pacing. Um, you know, Darby Allen versus Kip Sabian, uh, I enjoyed that. You know, those Darby Allen's a guy that they obviously believe in. Um, I, I thought that match was pretty good. Um, we had Cody on commentary. You know, it was he was a bit spotty, but I mean. Um, you know, he was there, he's not a commentator by trade, so I thought he did as well as he could have under the circumstances. Uh, the only the only thing I found a bit bizarre about Cody's uh, commentary was when they brought up Nick Jackson, who, as we know, uh, had been beaten down by the inner circle two weeks ago, and they showed footage of him lying underneath a rolling garage door that was on his face. Yeah. So uh, we were going for an update on Nick Jackson's condition. Um, and then uh, just before Vanguard 1 version 2 flew uh, into the vicinity of Nick's home, Cody just said, oh, he's going to be okay. <laughs> I thought you just told me you know, all this beating that you suffered two weeks ago. It's like, you were supposed to think you were trying to tell us two weeks ago that Nick was... You know, he was 
pushing away an ambulance. He was like, we didn't know how the situation of his injuries, and it just feels felt to me like Cody just uh, kind of ruined that. And then Van Gang Wong flew to Nick's uh, house, and uh, Nick was there. Um, Perfectly fine, bouncing around in his home garage gym. Yeah. So I felt that a bit odd, really. It was like a total no sell of what was presented two weeks earlier as this devastating beatdown. I found that a bit weird. Yeah, again, very, very WCW like, you know what I mean? Um, just going on a week to week basis, um, not really paying much attention to what had been done, you know, previously, with not much, yeah. with not much vision of where they want to go with it. But. All in all, yeah, I, I would agree in terms of the um, the pacing of the show, etc. I thought it was it was pretty decent, bar that one match um, with Guevara and Omega. But um, I guess in kind of closing, um, Finn, maybe as always, give us an update of some of the stuff that you've been doing and you've got upcoming. Well, uh, you know, I'm involved in Inside the Rose. People know about that. I do a podcast each week with Kenny. Um, you know, we've got a Patreon section as well, and we do loads of stuff there behind the paying wall. So, I mean, if you can support that, that would be tremendous. Yeah. Uh, Wrestle Talk magazine, I'm involved in that as well, doing loads more for that magazine than I was last time we did a podcast. So, um, if you. I mean, yeah, I think a news agent's still open in Ireland. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I still get it in the news agents, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I did, uh, I think I, I did like a big story this, this month on uh, like a WrestleMania preview, Super Showdown, so I was really pleased with that story, I do like Raw Smackdown NXT reviews, so yeah, please check WrestleTalk Magazine out, um, if you can find it, you know, obviously don't make a special trip out, just buy it when you're going out for your food, I'm not suggesting anyone... Um, violates the uh, recommendations of, uh, of uh, on social distancing or leaving the house unnecessarily but yeah please please check that out if you can yeah I mean this just goes back to um, you know supporting each other out guys in these troubled times so I mean I like to the Patreon for Inside the Ropes it's definitely worth it um, Wrestle Talk Magazine I always enjoy your writing as you know that's why we're here that's why I've always been a big fan of your work so keep up the great work on that um, oh thanks very much not a problem. And what what have you guys got next on your next Inside the Rope show? Um, sorry, I, sorry, I didn't catch that in. Um, what have you guys got coming up on the next Inside the Ropes podcast, the Power Slam podcast? Uh, well, actually, we're, we're going to be reviewing the the Chris Benoit documentary, which I've got to say I haven't watched yet. So uh, I've no. read quite a few reviews of it, but I have not had a chance to watch that yet. As I said, and I had access to the computer for a few days. Um, have you you have you have you watched the documentary yet? <clears throat> no, I plan to uh, watch part one and two um, over the coming days. So I'll probably do do something similar myself uh, next week or the week after. Um, probably next week I'll probably get a get a quick show up about about it. Not exactly looking forward to watching it. It's not the kind of thing you look forward to watching, but um, you know, it it is what yeah. it is. So yeah, I mean. It's- it's, I mean, apparently it's a good documentary, so um, I'm hoping the reviews um, the reviews that I've read have been complimentary towards it. So um, I'm not, I can't say I'm really looking forward to watching it either. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, there are these things that we that we have to do. Uh, and if it's well done, then I'll, uh, I'll look forward to uh, reviewing it and, and, uh, and making, you know, that judgment and uh, endorsing endorsing it to other people as well if they want to watch it but it's it's obviously um well if we don't need to go into the to, to the subject matter exactly. it's um yeah, yeah people know about that and it's um yeah you know it was uh obviously yeah really grim yeah exactly but I, I suppose on a on a on a way to finish up and on a lighter note um I'm looking forward to watching WrestleMania. Uh, I really thank you uh, for coming on again. It's always great to have you on. We'll we'll see you again in a couple of months, maybe. Hopefully, when this is yeah, all yeah, yeah, done. definitely, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see where we're at in the world by then. Exactly. I mean, I don't know whether things will have returned to normal. Um, it's really hard to put a a timeline, a timetable on any of these things, and I, in many ways, it's not really healthy to do so because it's almost setting yourself up for a big disappointment if this does drag on for uh, longer than some people might think. And we've just got to 
you know, we've got to do the right thing. We've got to observe the guidelines from our respective governments and uh, hopefully as many of us as possible will get through this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, until the next time, Finn, I, uh, I bid you a farewell and obviously stay safe. Um, obviously, I, I, I echo the sentiments there. Everybody, you'll just make it a lot easier and hopefully fasten up the speed up the process of recovery if we do yeah. follow these guidelines because it, it does um i mean who am i to tell you all to wash your hands uh, and stay indoors but look there's plenty of content online for everybody to sit in i mean if we were told that we had you know we had two weeks off from our job and we were to just literally isolate sit down enjoy yourself do nothing but watch tv scratch your arse whatever the hell you want to do we would take it so try and go into it with that uh, mentality i think <laughs> you know yeah yeah we've definitely got to make the best of it and uh absolutely and um yeah there's there's no shortage of wrestling out there for us to watch exactly some of it uh, there's obviously a, not as much new content is being created as uh, as is normally but let's face it there's tons of vintage content out there you know people have got no reason to board let's face it exactly exactly and you've always got dynamo's dozen and for this episode of Dynamo's Dozen, Finley, Dynamo is over and out. Hey, okay, we'll speak again soon. Absolutely, my friend. Bye-bye. Are you a fan of wrestling merch? Do you like to wear the latest WWE and UFC shirts? Well, if you're in Ireland, there's only one place to go for all of your wrestling and MMA needs. Wrestling Mania. That's right, Wrestling Mania, located on the top floor of St. Stephen's Green Shopping Centre in the heart of Dublin's first city is the only place you need to go. Wrestling Mania has everything you need from t-shirts, hoodies, hats, wristbands, mugs, pendants and everything in between. And if you're like me, a fan of wrestling history and memorabilia, then you never know what you may find. From action figures, huge back catalogs of books, magazines, DVDs, and all kinds of retro atoms. Shop for brands like WWE, Tap Out, UFC, Ring of Honor, AEW, and much, much more. And much more than that, WrestleMania is a family-run business and Ireland's oldest wrestling shop that has seen superstars such as Bret the Hitman Hart, Chris Jericho, Finn Balor, Becky Lynch, Dana White, and many, many more pass through its doors. So why not get down to WrestleMania today? You never, ever know what you may find. But get this, if you need a purchase coming up to the holiday season and can't make it to the store, don't worry, they've got you covered. WrestleMania will deliver directly to your doorstep. And if you can make it to the store, today... Wrestling Mania will give you 20% of all purchases over 50 euro. That's right, for listening to Dynamo's Dozen, you get 20% of all purchases over 50 euro. What do I have to do, you say? Well, let me tell you something, Daddy. All you need to do is join the mailing list, leave your name at Dynamo's dozen at gmail.com send me an email with your name hashtag wrestling store hashtag dynamos dozen that is it and you get 20% off all purchases over 50 euro for more information once again go to dynamos dozen at gmail.com to be on the mailing list or go to wrestling mania facebook page on the latest news and arrivals, get down to WrestleMania today. And thank you all once again for joining myself and Finley Martin on this week's episode of Dynamo's Dozen. Um, hope you enjoyed the content. Like I say, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have a lot more content coming up for you guys. Lots of bonus content to keep us going through these uh through these troubled times, we're in it together. So let's uh, so let's all do what we can to try and get us through um, these long and, and sometimes boring days for some people. Um, we will have a new episode um, out tomorrow, Friday, hopefully, 
with a really special guest, one that's been in the works for quite a long time, an NWA wrestling legend. Um, so hopefully that one will drop in your ear holes uh, tomorrow on Friday, um, or else it will be on Saturday uh, early. So it'll be in time um, just before WrestleMania. And uh, WrestleMania, should I say. Shout out to my sponsors, WrestleMania. Um, so this is going to be really good, and you're going to hear, want to hear what this guy has to say on the current state of wrestling. It's not nothing like this has ever happened in his lifetime, basically, um, or any of ours. So it'll be really interesting to hear what this particular wrestling legend has to say on um, on the whole COVID nineteen pandemic. What uh, you know, what he would do in in these situations, what what the wrestling business can do in these situations, and just in general. So, guys and girls. Thank you once again for listening to Dynamo Dozen. I am back. I am Corona-free, and uh, and we will see you all in a couple of days. Dynamo, over and out.